I'm Damian Bulwa. Today on Fifth and Mission, a collision of ideas in San Francisco. City Hall reporter Tricia Thadani is here, and we're going to talk about a proposal for an initiative called Mental Health SF. It would provide badly needed care for everyone who needs it in the city, and it's headed for the November ballot. So is a so-called CEO tax that would fund the program. And that tax is the latest effort in the city to tap our high-flying companies to pay for our most vexing problems. So we have a lot to get through. Trisha Thadani, right after this. Hello, Trisha Thadani. Welcome over from City Hall. Thank you very much for having me. So, uh, Trisha, we wanted to have you in today to talk about sort of the latest big existential question for San Francisco. And this has to do with a big proposal for mental health care, which is obviously a problem in the city. What are supervisors proposing? Mm -hmm. So two supervisors this week proposed something called a CEO tax for the November ballot. So that means those companies with CEOs that earn at least 100 times the median income of their employees would be subject um, to an additional gross receipts tax. And the reason we wrote about it this week is because this is the third ballot measure that will go in front of voters in November that is specifically targeted toward big businesses and tech companies. And what would the new CEO tax fund? So it would fund this um, huge proposal by supervisors, uh, Hillary Ronan and Matt Haney, to basically, in their view, revamp the city's mental health care system. Um, so if it passes in November, um, the city would be on the hook to create a whole new drop-in center with a bunch of voluntary services that anyone, any resident in the city, even you and I, who have private insurance, could access for mental health care. Um, and there are estimates that this from the Department of Public Health that the way as it's written right now, this proposal could cost um, more than $400 million to implement annually. Um, and so mental health care access for everyone, including those who already have private insurance like Kaiser or mm -hmm. Blue Cross. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wow. everyone would get it. Okay. And there would be varying degrees if you have insurance or don't. But the idea is that any time of day, regardless of your insurance status, if you feel like you need to see a psychiatrist or need medication, you'd be able to walk into this facility that this mental health SF would create. Okay. And I think probably most people know that Access to mental health care is a huge issue right mm -hmm. now. It's not where it should be. Um, but what has been the reception for this proposal? Because it is a huge undertaking and could be, mm -hmm. uh, as you say, very costly. Yeah. So you don't hear anyone dispute the need for reform in our mental sure. health care system. Um, I mean, even Mayor London Breed and the director of uh, the Department of Public Health has been like, yes, we agree. Our mental health care system is not where it should be. Um, but, uh, and, you know, and these supervisors have been applauded for being so ambitious um, in coming up with this proposal, and it's super bold. Um, but there are still, like, a lot of questions around its feasibility, a big one being, like, should people with private insurance, why is it the city's responsibility to be able to, you know, if you have your own private insurance, why should we be able to come into this facility? Um, another one is they want it to be a 24 seven uh, center and like will we be able to find enough like practitioners and um, case you know, managers and case managers and, and therapists and psychiatrists to be able to staff that so there's a lot of questions about its feasibility but it is hitting at this core issue in the city right now of like our mental health care system isn't what it's supposed to be and something needs to be done 
Trisha, we talk about these issues all the time in the newsroom. Obviously, the, the nation has a suicide epidemic. San Francisco, among other cities, has a homelessness epidemic. There are links to, to mental health, um, which is a huge problem. But in terms of implementation, I'm just curious for, for someone who goes in um, and, and is looking for help uh, because they can't get an appointment, let's say, at Kaiser immediately. Maybe they are given an appointment in six weeks. What would happen to them? Would they get services and then eventually transfer over to their provider? Mm -hmm. So that's the idea um, where so there'd be two categories. So it's the uninsured patients and then what uh, the proposal calls, quote unquote, bridge patients. So bridge patients are people that do have insurance but can't get um, an appointment immediately. Um, so the idea is that while you're waiting for that appointment, you can come in for like an initial consultation um, and maybe get the medications that you need in that moment. And then you'd be connected to like an, uh, a case manager, like an insurance provider, not mm. provider, but someone who would be able to work with your insurance uh with your insurance, like figure out, it's a little fuzzy, yeah, <laughs> basically. But it, yeah, it sounds like a but, lot of infrastructure. Though. Yeah, yeah, you would be connected with someone who would then help, like, talk to your insurance and try and get the city reimbursed for the services that you had, um, that you had been given from the city. But then there's also questions of like, how do they define San Francisco resident? That's not spelled out in the legislation yet. Um, so there's no requirements as to like how long you have to live here um, and how we determine who can get these services. Okay, well, let's talk about the ballot and what voters are going to be confronted with. Mm -hmm. um, you wrote recently that the Board of Supervisors is looking in many ways to to squeeze more money out of out of the most successful corporations in San Francisco to address the city's most glaring problems. Um, what else are voters going to be uh, weighing in on? Yeah, so the CEO tax, um, as I said earlier, is one of three measures on the November ballot that are targeted toward the business and tech industry. So the other two that voters will likely be asked to vote on um, is one on stock-based compensation. So an easier way to say that is companies that have recently IPO'd. So that's Lyft, Uber, uh, Pinterest. Um, and then the third one would be something called a TNC tax, which is ride-sharing companies. So that's also Uber and Lyft. Um, and with with those two proposals, they would each go toward um, initiatives that, like, the supervisors are basically blaming those companies for creating. So the IPO tax, for example, um, Gordon, Supervisor Gordon Marr, who had proposed this, he said that, you know, the injection of wealth that these companies are going to bring on the city is going to increase the city's wealth dis disparity. So let's take that money and put it into, like, job training programs, for example. Uh, Supervisor Aaron Peskin, who had proposed the uh, the Uber and Lyft tax, um, he said, well, they're adding to the congestion on our streets and they're, you know, hurting our roads. So let's take that tax and put it toward traffic initiatives. Um, now, the CEO tax isn't as directly related. Um, it's not like the CEOs, the well-paid CEOs in the city have caused our mental health care crisis. But the idea there um, is Supervisor Ronan and Matt Haney said now that um, that, you know, these companies are making a lot of money and they can afford to pay their CEOs, you know, really well. So they can just pay a little bit more in order to help out this huge problem on our streets. Gotcha. I think one of the last times we spoke here, we were talking about the expiration of the Twitter tax mm -hmm. for uh, Mid-Market Street. That was a, um, a tax break 
uh, for companies because uh, the city wanted to lure them to that area um, and help sort of drive job creation and make the economy in San Francisco thrive. Have there been a political wind shift in San Francisco in terms of how we look at these big companies mm-hmm. and especially tech companies? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is a huge departure from what the city, um, how the city had viewed these companies eight years ago. And now we were in a completely different headspace. You know, we were crawling out of the Great Recession. Uh, We were just going, City Hall had just gone through really bad budget cuts. Um, Our unemployment rate was almost double digits. And it's, you know, it's almost unfathomable that San Francisco was in that state just eight years ago. But at the time, there was this bundle of um, tax policy changes that were created in order specifically to keep these companies from moving elsewhere in the city. And now, you know, just eight years later, when the city has completely transformed our economy, our budget has nearly doubled, our unemployment rate has plummeted. Now you're seeing uh, the supervisors be like, "Okay, well, these companies are doing so well. Um, And, you know, we have all these problems on our streets. Like, why don't we tap? these companies for a little bit more money. Sure. Now, the, the board is, is has a progressive majority, correct? Mm-hmm. But the, uh, the mayor um, is more seen as a moderate. Mm-hmm. Where does she fall on these, uh, on these big issues? Yeah. So it's important to note that she does support the Uber and Lyft tax. Um, and that is due in part to there was a lot of collaboration with these companies. So Uber and Lyft are behind the measure. Um, and, you know, that one is also a very targeted tax where it's like, okay, there's this clear thing that Uber and Lyft have added to in the city, which is congestion and like the state of our roads. And now this money will just that we raise in this tax will go through to fixing that. Um, IPO tax, I don't believe she's taken a position on yet. Um, And then the CEO tax, she also hasn't taken a position on yet. Um, But in terms of mental health SF itself, um, she doesn't agree that that's something that needs to go on the ballot. And she thinks that's something that could instead be um, done through the Board of Supervisors. Okay, but obviously there'll be a lot of scrutiny on the mayor because last year Mm -hmm. Prop C, which was the big uh, tax measure for uh, more aid to homelessness, she came out against it. Can you take us back uh, back to that? And, and also, uh, where does she stand now on, on Prop C? Right. So, you know, solving our city's homelessness crisis has always been a priority of Mayor London Breed. Um, and that's why it was pretty surprising last year when she'd come out against Proposition C, which was a tax on big businesses to raise money for homelessness services. And her point there was we already spend so much money on these programs um, and we need to like figure out where this money is going. And, you know, is there a way that we could just be spending the money that we are um, right now just a little bit more efficiently? Now, that didn't go over too well um, for her because Prop C passed overwhelmingly, um, but still not enough to avoid a lawsuit. So now the irony here is that the measure passed um, and we're collecting the money, but can't spend it. So it's just like not a great look for Mayor London Breed. And now, uh, you know, recently she had proposed, or a few months ago, she had proposed an ordinance to try and like unlock a portion of this money and everything. So now she's she's trying to get uh, the city to be able to use this money that's collected by Propsy. But you know, we, we will be watching really closely what she decides to do on these um, these measures that are coming up for November. And do we have any sense of where voters are on these kind of big? 
questions for San Francisco and whether it's a kind city and whether people want to raise taxes in order to fund mm -hmm. housing and, and homeless programs? Yeah. Well, San Francisco is a progressive city. And if you take Prop C as an example and how with how much of the vote it did pass, like there is I was talking to one uh, political scientist yesterday and he was saying how, you know, San Francisco voters, they do have a tolerance for taxes, mm -hmm. especially when it's not levied on them. And each one of these taxes would go to businesses. So it's not the voter. It'll be on um, a well-paid and very wealthy business. Individually, I could see each one of these uh, each one of these proposals getting a good amount of support. Uh, just sort of the rhetoric you're hearing um, is, you know, they a lot of voters, they they do agree that there are these problems in the city and we do need to yeah. solve them. Now, the question is, is how they will receive them when there's three at the same time. Sure. And they did pass Prop C, mm -hmm. um, but not at the two thirds level that it would have needed to right. to to for sure avoid some of the challenges that we're seeing now. Mm -hmm. um, so last question, and I don't want to bug you too, too much into details, mm -hmm. but um, the ballot voters are going to see both a measure that would create mental health SF. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be voting separately, correct, on the funding stream. Yes. So this is a very important point about Mental Health SF. Um, so it would it's actually two different ballot measures. So one is to vote on creating the framework for Mental Health SF um, and for the city to implement everything in it. Um, and it also creates a timeline that the city has to do that in. And the second one is creating the funding stream, which would be from the CEO tax. In theory, like one of these could pass without the other. So if, let's say, the mental health SF passes and the CEO tax doesn't, then uh, the city will be locked into this really expensive endeavor and then have to figure out how to fund it. And then if the CEO tax passes without mental health SF, then we'll have just a lot of money that would go um, to the measure says it would go to like other mental health services, which is just way more vague than the program that um, voters thought they were voting on. All right. Well, that was both a little bit confusing and very fascinating. Trisha, thanks again for coming in. Thank you for having me. Thank you to City Hall reporter Trisha Thirani for joining us. Thanks to Libby Coleman for producing this episode. And thank you for listening. Fifth and Mission is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. If you like this show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.